when you say yes, you say yes the whole time. Like that's mm-hmm. my one thing. And it's come up a couple of times where, you know, somebody, you know, they said yes to a job. So we didn't mm-hmm. trick you. We didn't kidnap right. you. You said yes. So when right. you get here, continue to say yes. Don't say yes. And then get there. And your attitude is no. Like, oh, it's taking so long. Why is it that like, you know, no, 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 no. You said yes. So you say yes until you're wrapped. You say yes. till you're signing out. Like I, I, and I've had to remind myself, I've had to remind myself of that sometimes because I, as a Midwestern, we also have a hard time saying no, or as a women, yeah. women, what, yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. learning that, learning that skill. So sometimes yeah. I've said yes to thing going, I, I know I don't want to do it. I, it's going to make me feel stressed because I've got too much and I, but I, uh, and then, so I, I'll get the day will come where I've said the yes, and then it's approaching and I'm starting to get that feeling of like, I, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do it, but you said, yes. Yeah. So Melissa, you better make sure you show up there tomorrow and you are, yes is on your face. Yes is in everything you do. And then as soon as you do that, you end up having a great time, but it's also a lesson that sometimes you should have just said no. Welcome to the Can't Beat the Uncensored podcast, episode 110, part one, with our very funny, smart, and beautiful actress, comedian, and TV personality host, Melissa Peterman. And I sit down for the first time, though we've known each other and run into each other over many years. Together, we sit down and we discuss... All things from body image to being a character actress to being a Midwest woman. So grab that cannoli and grab that coffee because here we go. Hey, Melissa. Hi. Hi, gorgeous. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, welcome, Melissa Peterman, to the Can't Beat the Uncensored podcast. But more importantly, thank you for saying yes, because I literally have adored you from the first time we met. Truthfully, I, I was going to find this photo of, of the, the, the me from then because of the you then who was so inspiring. And so I'd already worked with a lot of people. Already had worked with a lot of talent. And here we are on this little independent movie that I came in last minute to kind of do my thing right. and hopefully help be of an asset. And uh, it wasn't even about the, the, you know, it's always about creating a connection, right? And, and creating that space of safe and contribution and creativity. But you just, you just came in for me with a bang about, and I'm just going to jump right into it, like, body image and like just being great in your skin and I ran my own photo studio and helped launch a lot of people's careers and Mm -hmm. have been around bodies all my life being in women's ready to wear and then coming into Hollywood as somebody who was going to professionally act and literally I don't know if I ever share this with you but literally the this very big director that I was while I was still in Chicago 
was casting a piece, was already in my costume on set. He walks onto the set in front of everybody, says, get the fat girl off the set. I I heard you, you you shared that story on one of the, with Amanda, I think. On, yes, yes, probably. It just... I have, I have a story. We all have a story like that. Exact one. And it's just, and I was such a, well, finish your story and then, or finish that thought. Cause I'm sorry, I interrupted, but. No, you didn't interrupt. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't love repeating the story, but the reason why I share the story is not to stay in that story, but to say why you were so inspirational. I was going to Hawaii to meet my then boyfriend, now husband. And I showed up there like I'm wearing a bikini at this weight, at this size, I am owning and loving and living in me. And ironically met up with a girlfriend who's also in the industry, who's tiny as tiny can be. Like mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker Tiny, who I love and work with also. And we went out scuba diving and we came back. I invited her back to the hotel pool. And as we're there and I'm in and out of the pool, she just was like, I don't know who you think you are, but your body is slamming. Like there is nothing out of place. And I just went to you and I just want to, I like, that was my first, like I have chills, like my hair stands up. Like I don't get that, Melissa. So I want to thank you. Well, I'm glad because, you know, sometimes what we do for others, we forget to do for ourselves. And you don't know that you maybe did that because you still have to remind yourself sometimes what you express to other people. So thank you. I appreciate it. You're that. absolutely welcome. It's funny that you say that because being the funny woman that I love and know and adore you for, um, <laughs> that wasn't funny. That was deep and serious. <laughs> but, but my reason for that is, yes, to your point, we do need to remind ourselves. We, we are an exchange of energy is all we are, right? And, and, and in one moment, we're the teacher. In one moment, we're the student. And we deliver it in so many ways. You know, you came into the world being to share your comedic smart beautiful self and that's how you get your message out and and we are human beings so we're human beings and who people see us in the world as does not necessarily define who we are right and so yeah you were an inspiration to me in that moment that I never forgot there's plenty of moments I forget in my life as we all do right but I love that that was an impactful moment, even though I, I know this, but like you said, we need to be reminded. And that I just love that that was a moment that just was that moment. But I also want to just move on and say, like, from that moment, I knew of you before that moment because of Mill Collins. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because One of the funny, speaking of funny, like beautiful, inspiring, just exudes you want to be a rounder person yes and to that point I have thought since I was aware of you and working with Mo from Mad TV days I was like girlfriend comedic women have always been my draw since I was a very little girl I was leaning into that television frame and I was laughing and slapping my knee and it didn't matter if it's Joan Rivers or Toadie Fields or Lily Tomlin or the list goes on. And so I've always loved and been drawn as well as I've been that person to many people, whether people in this world right, knew right. that or not, it's irrelevant. So I've always loved the smart, funny uh, woman. And so I think it's really interesting that people like Mo and you have 
come into my life and no, no surprise because you're Midwest women with a sensibility that I align with being a Midwest girl that has this very straightforward kind of, it's like this work ethic with this real kind of authentic with this, you know, the tell it like it is, but give it the twist. And it's just relatable as all heck. And I've always thought I'm going to produce something with Melissa and Mal someday. I got to do this. And I thought that back then, Melissa, I swear to God, I swear on my, father's great well, keep saying it out loud and make it happen because that would be um her and I we both have talked about that that it would be so much fun and you know again as you get older like I don't want to work with people I don't love anymore <laughs> no no that's all I want to do and the idea of getting to work with Mo um would just be a dream and if for you were produced please do it just say it out loud over and over let's say at least 10 I, times I, pro- the podcast. I promise you I promise you I for some reason my dog is in here let me just let her out because she's gonna have a moment forgive that lack of professionalism well I but feel like I be- light I love your background well thank you this is my studio where I see my private clients and where I do my podcasts and I work out and transformation it's this space is like you got to come over I do I want to do all those out. things okay yeah no we do everything hair makeup spray tan for the red carpet for the just feel good moment cut color Spray tan, makeup, reformer. Slap, I want to do it all while, I want to be spray tanned while working out. That's what I want to have happen. <laughs> oh my God, right? It's so and funny. that way you can actually, you can actually see where I want you to put the like shade in the muscles I'm working on. Yeah. I love that love post that you um, highlighted your trainer. I have loved highlighting <laughs> my trainer. Are they not like rock stars in our life? She is. And the thing is, um, and she's like 30. She's uh, used to be a gymnast. So her whole thing is like train like a gymnast. It's all about strength and, and balance. And she's just stunning. And yet I can, she has enough of a sense of humor that she knows that I'm going to have to yell at you and make fun of you and make you and say things like, I don't want to do that. Nobody's body is supposed to do that. And she gets it, but she has been such a, um, you know, they, it is, it's like, it's that hair and makeup person. It's like that person that sees all of you in the more, like they're the, they're the most important in the room and they're there. You're there. They know you when you're good, bad. Um, they know exactly what you really look like. <laughs> they see you. And so I just, and I, I love that she makes me feel capable and strong and you, we all are. And, yeah. you know, I remember the first, it was, we've been almost a year together now. And uh, the first time it was like running steps by my house and she was like, can you go up and down? And it's a, it's a huge thing. It's um, all the way down the street. It's probably like a hundred and some stairs. And it was, yeah. you know, see if I could do it, I could barely do it. And then you cut to even just four months later, I can go up and down twice in like under five minutes. And it's just, yeah, I'm not going to get a gold medal, but for me, that's like, it just, it this feeling strong is better than anything. You know, then the string up the ass. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, let's call it what it is. You feeling strong gives you the confidence, has you stand taller, makes you feel like you're more beautiful, that you're more aligned with your pure self. It gives you a superpower that you didn't even know you were missing and needed, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't matter at the end of it all. It's just that is. And that's the kind of thing that they should. It's kind of the fairy dust that they judge on us if we're open to receiving it. And look, at that's a lucky conversation to have. But I know like with yourself, for me, it saved me through all this cancer journey and stuff that I thank God was in alignment before. And you've probably also been this. I've been an athlete all my life. But just because I was an athlete all my life didn't mean I was the tiny little girl that most of my girlfriends were. Right. I was, I was a little, you know, Sicilian Jewish girl. We were having bagel spreads on Sunday morning and, you know, pasta the rest of the week. Like, it was just a carboholic existence that I love. You're basically trading for a marathon all the time. That's what you were doing. I mean, I mean exactly. You were carbo-loading. I was just preparing. <laughs> P.S. I like that you said that. Um, oh, I'm sure you've also been an athlete all your life. I was not an athlete all my life, but thank God you think that. I'm. I was almost. I was. You know, as a tall girl that was. You know, almost like six feet. Everyone's like, oh, you should play basketball. I'm like, why? You know, you should be in volleyball. I tried it and I did enjoy it. Um, I'm a. Th- I was a theater kid. Like I want to do theater. So I was. I was built like they wanted me to play all these things. Um, just like my son, who is like six foot five or four, and you know everyone assumes that he's going to play all the he could he does that's not his jam not at all, but so I was not. Um, I mean, I I enjoyed like playing softball and stuff like that, but I was not. Um, I was on the JV volleyball team. I believe I ordered pizza to the gym and was then. <laughs> I was then not uh, asked back. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll pull back. <laughs> so I've been far I, more, I've been more, I've been, uh, but you know, but I say that knowing that when you were in theater, I had to take, you were in dance. You, you had to take dancing for, or, or movement for the theater. I was doing all those things. So yes, I couldn't, you know, my bump set spike wasn't always on point, but I could do a double time step and, you know, and do that. Anything goes the whole thing. So you were coordinated singing and dancing and moving that gorgeous body. Yeah. You can there's different that types of athletes. <laughs> that's right. There is, but I don't think it's that to that point. I think it's about a, like a wider, broader spectrum of what is, and therefore you are. And, you know, cause it does, it takes all those things. It takes eye hand coordination to, yeah. you know, in any of those things. So that's the good news. And so therefore you were the athlete. I mean, I listen, when I think back on it, as you were sharing, I would not have, even though I grew up as like in a, on a swim team, which by the way, I, I don't like, I mean, I like competition with myself. Right. I like striving to be better, but I'm not into being in competition with other people. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important to have a drive. Right. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not here to like plow you over so I can get to where I want to go. Like that doesn't interest me. But I also do believe in like the philosophy and using those illustrations and having those illustrations before us to keep in mind how to teach and how to be and potentially if it's a good thing, right? But I I laugh at myself because, you know, I never thought of myself either as an athlete, but I was, you know, trained as a little ballerina and the modern and the tap and which was able to like do well for me in musical theater, which I loved and, you know, would have loved to go to Broadway. But, you know, I never thought so. My, I mean, I was the character girl. I wasn't the... Well, so was I. I, yeah. 
no one would believe I was the ingenue. They'd be like, if the guy tied you to the, the railroad tracks, you would just go, you'd literally break out of the ropes and be like, like the Hulk. <laughs> no, it's like being carried across the threshold. Yeah. You know, you're picking them up. I was yes. picking my husband, my first husband up practically. I mean, he literally had me under the breast, like with my toes pointed, dragging across the floor. It couldn't have been more comedic and crazy and whatever the you closest know? I ever got was Helena in midsummer but every tall girl was Helena you know so yeah. um I was never gonna be I was always the the character girl which I embrace because and I'm glad that I learned to embrace it early on because that girl that girl that plays the sidekick or the funny one or this she's gonna work a lot longer if she can embrace that side of her, you know? And so I, I embrace that pretty early on. Well, that's a great segue because I wanted to get into that because you really have taken that exact model consciously, unconsciously. I think it's a beautiful thing that you got that early on that you could lean into that and, and show up and thankfully they were either writing it, needed it, saw the value in you, created it, whatever the science of the mind has been. I love that you have successfully continued to do that in our contemporary time. Because, you know, yes, we have the Lucille Balls and the Ethels kind of, you know, we have those references from our past, so to speak, or in our history and archives but today with especially all the like how do you filter this or how do you get rid of this or how do you adorn this it's I mean look at you you don't have to be um you you can still be smart and beautiful and striking and all those things and still be the character actress yeah and, and we and it's always been that way and it's been that way since you know Hollywood like let's face it when they were really writing for women Mm-hmm. And women were running studios and all the things early on. So we have, we are lucky to have women like you who get, we get to see in our living room to play those characters that don't have to be something that we think we have to be and yet love who you are. It, I want to make sure that that doesn't sound yeah. like it's undervaluing who no. you are or what you portray. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. No. And I, and I say that also knowing that, you know, uh, I could also sometimes play that the, the blonde, the bombshell thing, but that wasn't, I wasn't going to rely on that ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's the window that's like open for like, you know, 30 seconds, really. I, I mean, not, maybe not for, for most people, I guess. So I, and I gravitate and to me, the funny ladies, whether they were supposed to be, um, I just, this is a, I just had a thought. Cause I remember I would go to, um, I was in Minneapolis. So we'd always go to second city. That would be a big treat to go to Chicago and see a show. And I ended up doing this, the similar sort of model in Minneapolis, which was Dudley Riggs brave new workshop. But I remember, and then even watching, like I used to watch, um, we, I know that you also love SNL and yeah. you, I loved SCTV but I, yeah. this is a long way to get to, I felt for a long time, there was a formula for like the, the, the um, improv or like those sketch comedy mm-hmm. it was like, you'd have the pretty girl. And then you'd have the girl that was like, she was funny. Cause she was maybe she looked funny or, or maybe mm-hmm. they thought she did. And right. I always thought like, why that pretty girl, they're, they're both hilarious. And it, and then they would, 
it just, I remember seeing that as like, even in high school and, and knowing that something was like, kind of like, you know, you'd have the, 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 the guy that was like the bigger guy and then the tall skinny guy and then the handsome guy. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the pretty girl and the girl that was that, that they, and again, they labeled them. That's what they thought mm-hmm. they were. Totally. And it, it felt like there was always the same formula in every show I was like, at. I was like, well, I, that's why, you know, that, mm-hmm. that girl is the, that girl that you think is supposed to be this, she's, she should have been in that sketch. And that mm-hmm. girl you think is only going to walk in and go like, oh my gosh, you know, like playing that role. She should have been mm-hmm. doing the other one. So I, I remember being, wanting to s- switch that and not knowing how to articulate it, maybe not even now, but seeing that and going, this formula, I see it everywhere. And this formula can be changed. Like, and to that, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go, no, I was, go. no, and to that point, that's exactly, and I'm, and this is no joke. And, and I know this is going to go out to the ethers. So got to work fast. But uh, <laughs> the point is, is that's exactly why as a person who has watched and loved comedy so much and I don't have to be a historian about it by the way but to know what resonated and why it worked versus maybe why others do or don't yeah my my vision board at eight nine years old that before vision boards were being spoken of by Oprah because Oprah didn't exist at this time was the original cast of SNL and a bunch of blue ribbons and traveling and all the things and all the things I manifested thus far that, you know, um, I didn't know was going to turn into my career. And yes, because of what you just said, the formula, I am so anti-formula in anything in my life, yet I love structure. I love systems, but I don't love people being labeled. Why? Because I get that. And that's why I was saying what I was saying leading up to what you just said. I don't believe in a formula either. I don't believe that you, this beautiful, smart woman, however this town sees you or this world sees you, none of it really matters, the bottom line, period. You're playing a character outside of who you are. And it's whether or not that aligns with what you want to do. And yeah, this world has a major issue with all of this stuff. All all of this, these what I call barnacles on the boat. And how do we recalibrate? How do we do that archaeological dig and go, okay, everybody, we're going to come together on stage. We're going to rewrite this play. We're going to make it a musical all about what you ever imagined, and you're going to be dumbfounded, but we're going to do it. Let's all commit. All right. Yes. Boom. Done. That's the kind of show, kind of comedic variety show I would love to create. That's what I always imagine. That it is about a lot of funny ladies. That it is about like women being featured. Not, and I love my men. Yeah. But let the men be the support like they were to the Carol Burnett's of the world or the Lucille Balls or the whomever's. But feature multiple ones who are not in competition with each other, but are fucking hysterical off the charts when it's like a round table of the collective and then off into the individual spheres. Those are the kind, that's what my vision has always been and why you, Mo, Nicole. Oh, Nicole. Jesus, God, I mean, the two of you together, if I, I, 
could have ruined more takes than God, more <laughs> takes than God. And I was like, please, God, do not let me ruin this take. I had to, you know, but I wasn't the only one. She's I wasn't the only one. She's one You're- too that I I feel like when I, uh, that I felt that way with a few people. I've been very lucky, like with Reba, but, and, but Nicole was another one that I just sat next to him. Like, we are supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, I feel like I don't have to, um, I feel like I have a shorthand with you mm-hmm. the first time I met you. And I had that with Reba. I've had that with a lot of uh, comedy partners where you just, you feel like you met them a long time before and I don't have to explain it to Nicole and she doesn't have to explain it to me what she's about to do. Cause I just know, and she, gosh, she's, she cracks. I just love her. Yeah, no, I mean, sincerely, I mean, you know, Nicole was my girl the first five seasons of Mad TV. She would fall asleep and wake up and be a whole new character that we had never established. And then that would like run for, you know, a couple seasons or whatever. It was pretty remarkable the things that we got to manifest together unknowingly that that was going to be a journey we were doing. And then Mo was the same way. Mo and Alex and Will Sasso, they all showed up in that cast. And I remember from day one doing promos with them and, and, you know, the, the photographer trying to, speaking of body images, the photographer trying to hide Alex Bornstein's body. Now look at her. Like I, and I would be stepping in because here I had come from being my own producer in my own photo studio and, well, and being like, whoa, and I was just the makeup or I was the key on the show. Like, who am I to step in? But I was just like, no, 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 sweetie, you know, like, don't worry, you're good. You know, like, I mean, just yeah. whatever, like whether you want it or not. I was just like, um, I've seen a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot. I've had to, uh, I don't want to keep my mouth shut anymore. <laughs> don't. But in a way that doesn't make people afraid. Not right. in a way that like people are like, oh God, what is she going to say? No, on the contrary, of course I have manners. But I do think that this industry, this world, we have the power to like shift the vibration. And if not I now, think, when, I think a lot of right? it has. And I think, you know, I like it when I see, well, you, you, the, that girl or that person or who, whatever is, we've seen far more women who are in charge and we see women who that we think that they're supposed to play this one thing. And yet they are balls to the walls, funny and fearless. And they don't look what you, what they, what they maybe in the past, would have been cast as like, I think that it is, there's still lots of work to be done, which is why your show, which you will be producing, it's happening. We're putting it out there. Um, And, but I, I, my heart gets a little more full when I I've seen like, like when you see a parks and a wreck and you see like, you know, um, those shows and Dirty Rock where I'm like, yes, I was going to say, they're the centerpiece centerpiece of the show. Maya Rudolph, you see those things and you're like, this makes me, um, this fills the tank. It gives me hope. Love Maya. Yes, I Well, agree. by the way, just sidebar, I met, we did a sketch show when I first moved to um, LA and um, and I saw her just this last weekend at the Hollywood Bowl at the Brandy oh. Clark, Joni Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. Annie Lennox came out. Oh, Wendy and Lisa. Can I just tell you? Are you I, kidding me? Wendy and Lisa? Wendy and Lisa. And you know what a dork I was? I went up to Wendy and I showed her my Prince tattoo. Like, <laughs> I think she said something like, are you from? She's like, oh, yeah, you're from Minneapolis. I'm like, am I? And I like show her my, I mean, I, first of all, I had been bawling the entire concert. I bawled Brandy Carlisle. I 
I was crying and then Annie Lennox came out and then Joni. So I, I was already emotional. I had been crying. I'd had a glass and a half of wine. We're back. We get to go to the after party, which thank you, Carolyn Snell, who works with Brandy. I am overwrought emotionally. I show, I lift my pants up to show Wendy something. I see Maya, who I've worked together, and I, I'm looking at her like, like we used to do. I just was, I think they think I was maybe um, someone's friend that got let in. I, I didn't know. It was awful. But I, you know what? No regrets. I was excited, but I was, I made a complete, I was a fan. I fangirled backstage. Oh, my yep. God. I have tried to keep my lap inside this It was like time. this. It was like, <laughs> I'm being introduced very properly. Like, hi, yeah. you know, Wendy, this is Melissa. She's from Minneapolis. She's yeah. she, and imagine somebody just going, oh, look at my leg. Oh, Wendy, oh, my God. You, you're so great. Oh, so, you know, you live in LA. Like, it's just hysterical awful. oh my god hysterical you are hysterical and i so it so resonates it's ridiculous ridiculous i first off <laughs> crying thing i i'm so right there with you i mean i go to the you know it was it wasn't the brandy carlisle annie lennox <laughs> and johnny mitchell and wendy and lisa lineup but I was like that with Barbara Streisand, or I was like that with Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, or, yeah. or, or you know, like I'm that live theater girl that I go to Broadway or I go to any I cry every performance, time. and I'm like fucking Madonna screaming down, like it's just it's like that constant stream. It's a religious and spiritual experience. I, I cried every curtain she, call, every curtain call in Broadway. By the way, it might even be show I didn't enjoy that much. It doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> if. There, if there's people that I just look at them and I go, look at you and you're getting, you're coming out. People are applying. I will cry every single time because it's a lot. People, I know what it's like and like live actors and just that experience together. Like, and to be honest, yeah, maybe there's some shows I didn't even enjoy and I'm still crying. But then the, the ones I do, I, but I'll just cry. I'll cry because we were all there together. We all saw the show together and I'm watching you get your applause on stage and nothing feels like that and you deserve it and you worked your ass off and I just that feeling is just incredible and so I, I I'm a baller I I joke that I I can cry when it's about um things that are outside of myself that are but when it, but when it comes to like my own stuff that's harder for me to do but I anything else maybe that's why I can cry at a yogurt commercial because I can't do it about stuff I should. So when I see like, why is that fruit on the bottom? Maybe that fruit wants to get on the top, but like, you know, I'll, maybe that's why I do it everywhere else. But yeah, I was, I just was a mess. That was speaking of just women, like it was all women. And they just, that if there was a roof on the Hollywood bowl, it would have been gone. It was just incredible. It must've been off the charts. I mean, 60 something badass. She had this t-shirt and like this fedora. She crushed. I've loved Brandy Carlisle before. I like to say before anyone else thought they just discovered her. And and then Joni, who was the queen and she was, we watched her. She was sitting not far from us. And then she watched her walk up on stage and just the queen. And it was it was like, I, I got goosebumps. I just, 
I couldn't contain it. It was such a special night, you know, anyway. And nor, and nor should you, I mean, because these are the gifts. This is like, this is, those are the moments in life that validates like either you feel like you're in the right place on your journey, how how gorgeous of a gift how what a reminder the vibrancy of what life is meant to be about celebrating celebrating life celebrating each other celebrating these magnificent spirits that are circling around and you get to be a part of and celebrate them like it's just energetically it's just the, the ultimate of the whether you want to call it the universe or it's quantum physics or whatever you want to call it and I, I feel like what you said is it's a gift. What a gift that I got to be in a, in the presence of those ladies and some of those songs like Joni Mitchell river, that, that song is something that uh, I'll cry talking about it, but it's such a important in my life song, a friend of mine song, Wendy and Lisa, like, I mean, you know, as a child, like my mom would try to like take away my Prince cassette and I just go buy a new one. And like, because she thought that one song was too dirty or whatever, but Wendy and Lisa were such like, they are um, part of my life. And to what a gift as like, I would never think that that little girl in Minnesota who was secretly listening to her Prince tape that her mom thought was too dirty or this college girl or this um, 40, 50 women listening to Joni Mitchell that I got to be in that room and and see that happen. Like, it is a gift that 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 you never think when you're the, that little kid, because to me, music is just as powerful as um, comedy, like laughter, like, oh, yeah. you know, and music can change your mood. It can change your mind. It can immediately transport you back into a time in your life. And it's it's just and I can't do it like I you know Reba was like you just love music and I go well I can't sing like you and if I could I would just sing to myself all the time you know <laughs> and she I tell her like because I can't what you do is so beyond like mm -hmm. I, you don't always get it like I don't know and I know she gets it but I'm like people left relationships that were bad for them Reba because of your song you know right. people music can, people can listen to Lady Gaga, Barbara Streisand. I can listen to Joni Mitchell and I, it can make you, like I said, it can, it's powerful beyond belief. So I have people that make me laugh that can sing like, that's it. Those are my, those are the people that are my, the Kings and Queens in my life. Well, you know, it's, it, um, it's a universal language, obviously that none of us need to speak the same language and yet the emotions are going to a, a really most likely align. You hear a cello, you hear a saxophone, you hear a voice box, you hear a lyric and you, you know, again, you can either remember where you were or how it hit you in that moment or how it went resonated with that timeline. And I do think like, you, I agree. Music is probably the most powerful language we have in our universe, so mm -hmm. to speak. I think in the sense of connecting our human spirit, so to speak, you know, and plants or whatever, water, like whatever the energy, they it all gets vibrated. You know, you don't need a double A battery. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, but in the, but in the truth of it, I agree with you. Like, 
you don't have to be a musician like Reba, though. God willing, you know, what a gift also. Like, what a gift. What a historical gift in our contemporary day mm-hmm. to have this powerhouse of a woman that out of most of the women you've spoken of, not not the women of the lineup at the Bull, but otherwise, you know, I've also had the pleasure of being in their space and look forward to it. Like I, I say this, Melissa, like I look forward to like this going forward part of my life because I think it's going to be everything I imagined from the time I was that little girl like going forward this is a perfect example of it sitting down with you just as two women who love and appreciate a lot of the same things have never had this kind of time together outside of a work environment been very fleeting like these are like, it's like going back to the Midwest and planting all those seeds in the farmland. This to me is what I'm seeing from all those seeds that were planted in the farm land years and years ago. Yeah. That's how powerful these moments mean to me. And uh, for some that's like, oh, whatever, Felicia, too much, too deep, just do my makeup. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need coffee before you tell me how I can fix my heart. I can't do this. Just gloss, please. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I always say to people, like, don't look to your spouse as like the only person that you tell everything to because they're not equipped. It's not, I don't care how talented and gifted. You got to have a community. It's like women running with wolves. You got to have a community to like, be expressed and be able so like you don't bring it to work or if you bring it to work it's not like oh but you didn't dump the truck right you know and so getting back to the music thing it's like um I too think that uh when we I mean I think that music should be listened to from a moment of conception I think that once you know that a baby is growing inside of you, that sometimes the music is the reason if there was a conception. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Uh, Don't just uh, warning for everyone. Don't play Prince pink cashmere. You'll probably get pregnant. Well, and you know, it's so funny because I can think of how monumental that music was also for me and how I relate and why it made me laugh so much amongst the whole experience at the bowl, which was um, that I was, I, at that time, I was in my early part of college and I was a camp counselor when I first heard this up in Northern Wisconsin, in Eagle River, Wisconsin. And I hear this music and I'm like, what in God's name did I just hear? Mm-hmm. Like, what What was that? And I remember thinking at the time, I remember thinking at the time that I wanted to um, align with him. And I was like, you know, who do you think you are? You want to align with this guy? Like, you're not even, you're not even in, you're not even out of school. But I was just like, I'm bound and determined to align with this kind of a spirit, you know, kind of thing. Well, who wasn't? I mean, to your point. And it cracked me up your story because um, after the fact, I actually did have the opportunity to align with him, but something else came about. And then I, when I got like after my pre-med fine art, photography, film, theater, like studies and university, like go out into the world. Now you're a starving artist, figure it out moments. 
and go to beauty school. This is why I ended up in hair and makeup because I knew I couldn't direct as a filmmaker. Because why? Because I'm a woman. Just figure out how to get your ass on those sets so you can be around it and then become it eventually, right? Right, right. Those are my plans. And that's really been the plan all along. So one of many. So um, I go to beauty school. I end up aligned with the people who inspired me growing up. I end up doing platform work and end up being the last in this particular case, uh, this, the, the model, not the artist. And sitting in the chair of this very famous hairdresser at the time who had created the look of Twiggy, ironically. So imagine this beautiful look of Twiggy, but now you've got long, naturally curly hair. And this guy's going to make an, uh, a statement with your head of hair. And he takes the example of Wendy and Lisa's hair from the band. Yes. <clears throat> and, 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 and a story was just told to me recently by both of the hairdressers who own the salon that I work with and who were there watching this whole thing go down and knew me since I was a little girl and said that when I saw all the hair falling off the head, being cut off the head, they were, they were just like sending vibes and messages to me like, it's okay, honey, it's okay, honey. And he thinks he's going to get this Lisa and Wendy look with this curl and all this stuff. Right, right. And my hair did not respond that way. <laughs> like it would get curlier longer versus curlier shorter and all. And he was just dumbfounded by the lack of like what occurred and the prop and the pound, the powerful statement he's trying to make because of this period situation. And I was horrified and depressed for like two months because I felt like I lost the power of my hair and I just find it so humorous like those periods of time you know you just talk about how music associates like just so many stories important or not but marking points memory points how I, I would give my IT to takes music from Prince's albums and, and body of work and be able to put it to film because yeah. I have loved all my life. I mean, I was a trained cellist, so I was a first you, cellist for years. You have done everything, truly. <laughs> well, well, this is honestly, I haven't done that's everything. Like, that's like, this. by the way, I feel like this could come out of your mouth like, oh, back when I was a surgeon, um, I remember when I was working for the Peace Corps, uh, oh, when I was a spy over in, you know, I, you, you just drop things that I'm like, how can I not know that already? Like I, you know, oh, honestly, um, yes, I have a lot of experience in a lot of different things. Am I an expert or an authority? Maybe, maybe not. I don't like go around flinging that stuff. It just so happens I got exposed to a lot of things and I appreciate you saying, and you, you're not the first to be like, seriously, like, when are you writing the books or seriously, yeah. when are you producing, which is what led to me doing this platform. This is a platform I wanted to actually do 10 years ago before people were even talking like this would have been podcasts would have been like, before you, you got a Hebrew. podcast with your 10th <laughs> yo frozen yogurt, like, ah, oh, you've had 10 frozen yogurts. Here's your free one and a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I even remember seeing this dear friend of mine, you know, and I, and I've told this story that 
this was some vision I also had. And he and I would have this very stream of consciousness conversation about all the things. And when, when I told him he did think I was speaking Hebrew. And when we, when I proposed this recording to just kind of get a feel, he was like, okay. And then I heard it and went, oh no, oh no, 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 no. That's not, that's not happening. And then life happened. And thankfully the pan, not thankfully, let me retract that. And then the pandemic happened. And then I started doing things really messy and exploring and launching things. And one thing led to another through my getting actually on technology and social media, things that I was completely not, you know, going to see myself doing. And through that ended up meeting my producing partners who were like, of all people, you got to have a podcast because you, you literally can relate to anything anybody says and have empathy and compassion and talk about it. And I was like, yeah, that, that's always been my vision. And they're like, let's do it. That's why, you know, I'm not here to drop bombs, but I'm here to be like, let's sit around the campfire. Let's talk about all this stuff because there are things that are, we're all connected by. And I believe that, you know, it's funny you said, I, I feel like you're going to turn around and say, and then when I was in surgery in the Peace Corps, <laughs> I mean, four years ago, this is no joke, four years ago, I was asked by my doctor to go back to med school, and I said to him, I don't know if you're joking with me right now, because you've got such a dry sense of humor, Right. and he says, no, I'm not joking with you, we really need doctors like you, I was like, well, thank you, and I'm not going back to medical school. I can't school. go because I have to play my cello tonight <laughs> with the LA Philharmonic. So wish. Oh my I God. Got I got a lot of my plate. I, I, I got wish. a lot of my plate. Man, did you ever follow? I mean, you would have been like a peewee at this point. I don't even know why I said peewee because I've never used that term. You were because you're so younger than me. Did you ever hear Harry Chapin's music as a little girl? Uh, no. Oh my God. Speaking of music. Go look up Harry Chapin. I wanted to be his cellist. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you will, I think, love his music. And it may open up a whole new little, you know, sweet moment for you. But his music is really lyrical and very, it's really great storytelling. Okay. Well, I mean, I know that he wrote, uh, I can see, okay, sorry, I just was looking. So no, Pat, it's good. And all that. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I would, like, being, being his cellist to me would have been super cool. And unfortunately, I think I saw him in one of his last concerts before he unfortunately got, I think, killed. And, um, but, you know, I think back to, like, little girl moments when I was, being you know what I knew I was was an artist and a performing artist I never really kind of titled myself as because in those days your parents weren't putting you in ballet and you weren't doing a play and you weren't doing art or playing a cello and going oh I'm gonna get you in commercials now that wasn't my track that was more of a about we see your talent we want to give you this opportunity we can Therefore, we are. And that's a really grateful place to be. And I know how fortunate. 
but never in a million years did I realize actually how fortunate it's been more in the more recent years, how fortunate I feel. But that exposure also gave me an unconsciousness to become a filmmaker because going back to music, I love taking images, whether it's a bunch of photographs I've taken or a bunch of photographs other people's taken collectively or in motion now because of our technology advancements, even though we had that before, but at our like hands all the time and taking and laying it to soundtrack and like emoting emotions from laughing to crime. Like that to me is like so joyful, yeah. so joyful. And so when we do the show, when yes. we're doing the show, doing this very successful, funny lady <laughs> show, we will also make sure that Reba is a part of it. Yes. Cause she is really funny. Yes. No, I know. I you know. know. I no, mean, it's a perfect fit. It's a yeah. perfect fit. I'm excited for us. This is going to be great. I can't wait to, I'm already deciding what I'm going to wear the first day of rehearsal. I love that. I won't even ask because I'm just going to let you keep that okay. be a secret. Okay. It's super special. But if you're wearing pearls at any point, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. It could happen. <laughs> it could happen. Picture. Well, um, I'm just super curious about little Melissa and how... And who she was under the age, if you remember, five. Because, you know, growing up in Minnesota <clears throat> is obviously its own world. Mm -hmm. Each person's environment different, of course. But I think it's a pretty sweet space up there environmentally. That's my take. So I'd really love to hear, like, who were you under the age of five? What were you thinking? What were you dreaming of? What did you envision? I don't know if under five, that's such a, I remember stuff under five. Um, I must've been, I guess I was in kindergarten because I was that July birthday. Mm -hmm. So um, I do remember kindergarten and it was such a big, it was such a big, not a scandal, but I was one of the only kindergartens that had a male teacher, which was such a rare thing back then. And mm -hmm. so I do remember kindergarten. And I remember that um, I, was an observer. I think, I think I was, um, I wasn't shy. My sister was, my older sister is a few years older than me. She was, she was shy. I was not shy. I could be loud and I was kind of, um, you know, I just, I could walk into someone's room, like, where do you keep your toys? You know? And my sister would be a little shy about it, but at the same time, I, I was, I think I, was a big reader. I did, I did start to read pretty young. So I, I don't know if under five, but I was close to by kindergarten. I was reading. So I loved reading because I felt like that was, you know, before we had these hand computers, books were the way you could explore lots of things. Um, I was the youngest. So I had that role. My sister was the older sister. I adored her. I think she tolerated me. Um, but we were, you know, we are very close now. Um, I'm trying to think like, cause under five, but I kindergarten, I was, I loved school. I loved being yeah. in school. I liked um, having assignments, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, yeah. I, I'm that weird sort of creative person that I like. I like, um, like, I like to have a schedule at the same time as being mm -hmm. free. There's that weird, mm -hmm. thing that, like, you know, I, you pick a career that you never know if you're going to work. You never know if the job's your last job, but when it's happening, I like to know, 
all right, that time it's going to be at nine o'clock. I'll be right there. And that, you know, I like that kind of stuff. Um, I think I knew what funny, I think I understood what was funny um, at a young age. You know, I, I was that, you know, maybe, maybe a little older than five, but close to like five, six, seven, when we start to sleep over at my aunt Susie and Kathy's who were the single ones of my mom's sisters. So they had like the waterbed and they had, you know, we could drink tab and stay up late. And sometimes we just have, you know, licorice for dinner. Um, and I would get to stay there and I would stay up late and watch Saturday night live and, um, loved it. Didn't always understand all of it, which was fine. Cause the things I did, Steve Martin, um, my aunt would always listen to the Steve Martin comedy album. My first, you know, um, or I, I guess not my first, cause I don't steal people, but I did plagiar. I, I would act out, um, King Tut with the bathtub with, I would completely do that for my aunt. I, and then there were some of his, she would always skip over a few of the, I remember her picking up the needle of the record and going, not this one. And then going back to like another one on Steve Martin, which I, I think I own that album now. And I'm like, which one was she not thinking I could hear? So um, I felt, I knew that I was loved and safe. Like my parents were, I, you know, I think those are the early most impressions you have. Maybe you don't remember specific things, but I knew that I was, we were in a, my mom and dad were made us, my sister and I feel very safe and loved. So that was always those early memories of that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of more. I loved animals. I was very happy playing with by myself, um, mm. which is, uh, I don't know if that's a a marker of creative or just somebody who was maybe not popular. I don't know. I, I was very happy alone. I liked, I could create yeah. my little stuff. And sometimes when I would play with, you know, I always had, um, I was more about quality than quantity. Like as far as mm -hmm. friendships go, I never had a, a million. I had a few really close ones. Mm -hmm. And I also was like, I'm super fine by myself because I'm going to read Lucy mm -hmm. mystery. And then I'm going to act it out with my little, um, you know, my little figurines or whatever. I was super happy to create stories there and in my head, which was so I remember so like, you had a, so you had a, well, you had a good imagination. I need had to, a good imagination. and, and in with your imagination, sorry, Melissa, no, no, sweet, Hi. sweet That's older dog. Perfect. Um, um, sweetie, uh, regarding your imagination and, and having, you know, your aunt Susie and Kathy to have, licorice for dinner and watch SNL and all those good fun things and I feel like I feel like your your aunt Kathy and Susie I'm called Aunt Fifi which is part of how the name of Camp Fifi comes up because camp was like where I was the ultimate camp counselor that I, everybody oh God, wanted be the best it was amazing and I didn't know that that was going to become but that's not getting off this is not getting off what you're saying it's just to tie it all in and the Fifi came out of a nickname over time because of Felicia and then endearment and uncensored because there isn't anything we can't talk about right. as we already highlighted. But getting back to um, that kind of influence and funny, um, <clears throat> it's interesting when you were mentioning how listening to Steve Martin's albums and you know, recreating that. I relate to that because um, <clears throat> at that point, 
I was in boarding school. I had just, no, I was a couple years later that I went away to boarding school because in 76, my parents divorced. We lost our businesses. My father died. Lots of things shifted. But SNL was one of those things, like in my childhood, The Tonight Show, laughing, like these are where all the women were being showing up. Goldie Hawn, Willie Tomlin, Joanne Worley, you know, um, and then again, Tony Field, Joan Rivers, all those women, which is why I ended up aligning. I mean, there was no, there's no surprise that I ended up aligning becoming Ellen DeGeneres' personal for several years with no connections, by the way. Like, I don't know, like the stars just, same with Lily, people like you, Mo, Alex, all these like, uh, who's that little girl coming from Rockford, Illinois? How did that happen? Like, so to your point, this is, again, why I love and adore you, because I know you get it. I always say us Midwest kids, we come to L.A., our paths may never have crossed prior. Right. But for some reason, this work ethic, this sensibility, this environment, whether it was on a farm or culturally exposed to theater or a combination or none of the above or had a lake house, didn't have a lake house, knew how to swim, didn't play volleyball, whatever it was, it was, there's this understanding, like there is this common language I feel we speak. Yeah. You relate to that? I do relate to that. And I think that's why you gravitate. We, you just, there's a pull, there's a magnetic pull of, of, that sensibility. And I think it attracts it. I, I'm not surprised that those things fall into your lap because it's supposed to be. And that's the energy that that person would want around or, you know, and I think that I, that's who I want to be around. That's you sort of attract like likeness attracts likeness. It does. And it does. And I do the work ethic thing too, is a very big thing. Like, I feel like I learned so much about funny in Minnesota and Minneapolis, which I, by the way, I was super lucky. Like I did improv in Minneapolis with the funniest people ever. Like Mo and I both worked at the same improv theater and she was, you know, you're like, Oh my God, Mo Collins used to work here. Oh my God. You know, just, she's a genius. And, and, um, there, you know, I, I don't know if it's cause it's cold. So we're inside a lot. So we gotta be funny, you know? Um, but there's a, but that also is coupled with, a a, a work ethic and, um, tenacity. And I don't know, I just, and when you say yes, you say yes, the whole time, like, that's my one thing. And it's come up a couple of times where, you know, somebody, you know, they said yes to a job. So we didn't mm-hmm. trick you. We didn't kidnap right. you. You said yes. So when right. you get here, continue to say yes, don't say yes. And then get there. And your attitude is no, like, oh, it's taking so long. Why is it that like, you know, no, 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 no. You said yes. So you say yes until you're wrapped. You say yes. till you're signing out. Like I, I, and I've had to remind myself, I've had to remind myself of that sometimes. Cause I, as a Midwestern, we also have a hard time saying no, or as a women, yeah. women, what, yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. learning that, learning that skill. So sometimes yeah. I've said yes to thing going, I, I know I don't want to do it. I, it's going to make me feel stressed because I've got too much and I, but I, uh, and then, so I, I'll get the day will come where I've said the yes, and then it's approaching and I'm starting to get that feeling of like, I, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do it, but you said, yes. Yeah. So Melissa, you better make sure you show up there tomorrow and you are, yes is on your face. Yes is in everything you do. And then as soon as you do that, you end up having a great time, but it's, 
also a lesson that sometimes you should have just said no. I'm just absolutely grateful I did not ruin a take. I, when I'm laughing or what somebody causes me to laugh about, you have to be super funny and smart to really throw me into that space. And Melissa just happens to be one of those people, one of those rare people who really can do it to the point where I could have earned many a take through our conversation. So join us next week. And in the meantime, share and subscribe the Camp Feed Fan Censored podcast. Turn on any of your favorite listening platforms. And come back next week for episode 111, part two, as Melissa and I continue our conversation. And I can't wait for you to hear more. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. Big hugs and kisses. Have a great week. Much love. Bye for now. No.